thoughts, opinions, and general overall shade thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at 9 with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. That's right. It is Monday, January 15th, and today is National Bagel Day. It's National National, <laughs> National Booch Day. National Strawberry. Uh, what's that? Bajel. Bajel. Yeah, Booch. Okay. It's also yeah, yeah. National Strawberry Ice Cream Day. National Hat Day. Did Rico, did you comb your hair today? And it is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. That's right. MLK Day, everybody. Thank you for joining us and getting high at 9 with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. You can look down below on your screen to see where we live on the Internet. And we are live every Monday through Friday on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and on our very own website. But kicking it off first today, that's right, we have the dope dad himself, Mr. Rico Lamite, who actually did his hair today and has his headphones oh, on. Yeah. That's right. It is the dope dad himself, Rico Lamite. Yeah, Jason, well, mm-hmm. as I plug this in, it's been a long morning. I bet. But that's what happens when you're fighting for your rights over here. Oh, you're, you're such a such a fighter such a fighter. shit gets muddy but my story today is all about the nfl for all of you cowboys fans out there it's been a great weekend hasn't it <laughs> you know what two years ago as legal wagons circled the sackler family and cte and brain trauma issues were going nowhere and feeling massive public pressure to shift its long-standing public, uh, policy on cannabis, the NFL finally acknowledged cannabis as a possible pain management opioid alternative, donating nearly $2 million to private studies aimed at finding how cannabis can alleviate concussions and pain. Despite Taylor Swift's boyfriend's dry snitching on 50 to 80% of his estimated NFL brethren actively partaking, Luke Scarmazzo, how do you feel about that? Uh, the league has slowly relaxed its stance on cannabis. Players can now uh, face 
reduce penalties for popping positive after rules were amended back in 2021, allowing players to undergo just one weed test per year at the start of training camp. What's the point of even uh, testing if you know when you're going to get tested, you know? That way you can pass. You're going to be fine. Exactly. So <laughs> although they didn't all out delete cannabis testing from the league's policies as they should have, it was a huge step forward for a league notoriously slow to march toward progress. Jerry Jones, the loser of the weekend, notoriously marched against Martin Luther King. Look it up. Per the article, the past this uh, past summer, the NFL and uh, its players union announced that they were joining together to fund two research grants worth over $500,000 each to fund independent studies on the therapeutic benefits of CBD as a pain treatment alternative to opioids for players with concussions. On February 20, uh, 2022, the NFL awarded $1 million in grants to two teams of medical researchers to study the effects of CBD on pain management and neuroprotection from concussions among elite football players. Brain injuries in football account for 65 to 95% of all fatalities, according to the Brain Injury Re uh, Research Institute. Football injuries associated with brain um, occur at, the, at a rate of one in every five and a half games. Could CBD... B, the antidote to CTE, we'll, 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 uh, we shall soon see. <laughs> Researchers from the University of Virginia, recipients of over 500,000 of the NFL's 2022 grant, aim to find out. We know that CBD is anti-inflammatory, Dr. Patrick Neary, who is leading the University of Virginia study, said, according to CBC News. So... It can help to reduce inflammation while still allowing the brain to recover from those good chemicals that are coming in. Now, personally, I'm inclined to say THC would be a better candidate for acute brain injuries and anti-inflammatory anti purposes um, or trauma rather than CBD. But I'm no doctor. I'm just Rico Lamid, the dopest dad on the street for Hyatt 9 News. And I want to hear y'all's thoughts on this one. Is $500,000 going to CBD brain injury research a good Use of money or no? What do y'all think? Just a half a million dollars? That's it? Not even a drop in the bucket, dude. That's, Not even a drop in the bucket. That's tiddlywinks. NFL, I mean, makes NFL money. so many billions of dollars a year, and they know this is killing people, and they just put uh, two million here. You know, you, <laughs> so yeah. Out, guys. CBD, CBD. <laughs> you know, I actually had this had this conversation during the during the Cowboys game with a bunch of bunch of fans yesterday, and I think that the Did NFL, really? I think the NFL, in regards to uh, to its policies, since they have this uh, head injury situation going on, that I think that they should institute the skunk rule. You know, like when we used to play Tecmo Bowl and Madden. You know, if you if you all of a sudden you were, down, you were down by twenty one, game over, boom, boom, boom. I think yes. I think the NFL Ask controller. Yep, I think the insurance industry get the would sticks. get would get behind it. I think the NFL players union would get behind it. The only people I think that wouldn't get behind it is the advertisers. Dude. Mm -hmm. I was just delighted to see last year. I didn't see any of those um opioid commercials. Just five years ago, watching the NFL, uh watching the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. you'd see like two out of five commercials were for uh, some of these opioids uh, with all of these uh, with like a 30 second long reading of the disclaimer, uh, the disclaimers of what harm that these things will do you do to you. Mm -hmm. And remember when Lowell, um, um, uh, Lowell Smokes tried to do a commercial and they panned oh, yeah. that shit. I do remember that. They wouldn't yeah. even put real medicine out there, but but you have the number one and two 
advertisers on there, which is Big Pharma mm -hmm. and Big Alcohol, with Budweiser, like all this shit, and you know people are getting hopped up on drugs and people are getting drunk as hell going to and from Super Bowl parties, but you don't even allow cannabis to be marketed, even though it was legal. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think this is a step in the in the right direction, but um, they need to stop masking it behind CBD, in my opinion. Just like, get real about it. And be like, yo, like we are testing all cannabinoids. Uh, don't, don't just like try to be well, uh, tiptoe. Rico, do you like, still, do you, would you still feel the same way if that was the, like the CBD is the Trojan horse for the rest of it? Like, cause understand like the, the general concept of America, like your, your American that watches football, like your regular working class American, you know, CBD yeah. is okay. Now CBD is not a big deal. CBD, we can get it everywhere. CBD's like accepted. Right. So now we can kind of like say, okay, Hey, we're going to do these studies on CBD. I agree with both of you guys on the funding though. I mean, what, I don't even, can you even hire staff for 500,000? Like that's one person, right? In like a lab, I feel like, especially at this level where you're testing whether or not, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like we were at that, um, that CBD as like the entry point. Like I feel like we were at that, that point maybe like seven years ago. Yeah, like, no, definitely. Like now, sure. yeah, I think like, like now we're past that and we have so many states that have legalized since then and you know where the real power of this plant lies like cbd was was it was a great initial pop back in like uh what, the 2017 2018 when it was all the rage but like now people know that come on bro it's, it's, it's thc that's where the medicine is and um that's what's really well, it's everything it's everything it's right it's right. not just thc it's not just cbd that's the problem that we're we're that the problem we are all arising arriving at is that we isolate these compounds and then we say oh they, they're not as effective well that's because you're you've isolated the plant and the plant isn't in nature like the plant doesn't arrive like that as a medicine and we're Whole tweaking plant. with it and, and messing with it and sometimes we can make advancements like that but we got to be careful because it's a slippery slope right then you get somebody who says oh only th or only cbd and then we're i, I feel like we are missing some of the benefits when we agreed i mean look five hundred thousand is a step in the right direction but to your point rico given the scale of the nfl and the associated budgets it's more like a press release grade dollar amount than it is right. a move the needle substantially forward dollar amount. I think that they probably chose CBD only, not because the science dictates that CBD only research, it will be the most effective, but because this is the most palatable for their viewership. And right. so again, if we think about, uh, prioritizing viewership versus the well-being and health of the players, then we can obviously acknowledge that there's there's room for improvement. Uh, no no group of people in the United States would probably more uh, greatly benefit from cannabis as medicine uh, than young than young men who go racing down a field and hurling their body into unknown spaces, typically colliding with other players. So. Um, I hope that this is a step in the right direction. What I would have preferred would be an announcement that indicated this type of dollar per year for X number of years, or that this was the dollar amount for year one with escalating dollar amounts over years two, three, four, and five. Uh, but I'm not mad at it. I am. I'm mad at it. They, they should have been putting like 4.2 million just to start off with something like this. They're, they're trying to take it seriously. A half a million dollars isn't anything 
it, it's basically it's, it sets yeah. up the framework to, to, to study. It doesn't even right, right, Roger Goodell it's made ridiculous. like $50 million. Exactly. Yeah, Roger Goodell, the commissioner, made $50 million last year. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this, um, is, this is you put in like, like $2 million. Yeah, of that multi-billion so dollar. So this is like 1% one percent, one percent of his paycheck. Like right. <laughs> one. This is nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this yeah, is, the, yeah this is after after denying the fact that CTE and these brain injuries were actually killing folks for nearly 30 years. Mm -hmm. This is like for real, like after denying for nearly 30 years and giving this paltry ass payment uh, um, uh, to help these guys that are at, like literally dying uh, in their 50s from uh, brain injuries from uh, from the NFL. You're like, oh, well, you know, and, and pumping all of these opioids on their players for decades you put $2 million into, oh, maybe cannabis will work. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just feeling peaceful because today is Martin Luther King Day. Otherwise, I would be a lot more ranty. Oh, and then God. last week when I went on my tirade, the internet crashed. So I'm trying to be a gentler version of myself, especially on Bagel Day, right? Like Bagel is, Day no, really matters believe, to me as well. Don't believe the media hype. Martin Luther King uh -huh. was a fucking radical, man. He was uh -huh. a radical, and he, and he was a problem to the status quo. So like all this all this bullshit like oh yeah well you know like he was marching like yeah he was he was marching because he didn't want to go like fist to fist like gun to gun like uh, Malcolm X's uh, path forward but he was one hundred percent public enemy number one they hated the shit out of him because of him speaking out on shit like this straight up and on that we're gonna go to a commercial and we're gonna be right back. <laughs> oh man that was weird. Hey you America. I look like Sean Connery. <laughs> Good morning, America. Saman Razani coming to you live from sunny Los Angeles, California with the one and only highest host, Mr. Jason Beck, smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast? You can find it on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. No excuses in 2024. If you haven't checked us out, Check it out now. And also, check out what The Prophet's doing in 2024. There were a few good ones in there. Yes. He is known for smoking the best weed in the world. And um, chances are, at least three of his Republican friends will be um, misquoting Martin Luther King today. Oh, God. Jason Beck. I doubt they'll be misquoting. <laughs> I doubt they'll be misquoting. I doubt that. I doubt that. We only deal with real truth over here. Real truth, Rico, whether you want to admit it or not. But I'll tell you what's sure, happening. I'll tell you sure what's thing. happening today out in South Dakota, you guys. A House committee passes a bill requiring notice that medical marijuana cardholders cannot legally own firearms. That's right. South Dakota medical marijuana dispensaries would be required to add an acknowledgement on applications for cannabis that the user could not legally purchase or own firearms or ammunition under federal law if they have a card. While medical cannabis is legal in South Dakota and many other states, federal law still classifies all marijuana as a Schedule One drug with no medical use and being highly addictive. The House Judiciary Committee passed HB 1024 11, uh, 11 to 0 this 
morning, uh, uh, basically on Friday morning. The committee also passed a companion bill, HB 1036, requiring dispensaries to post a notice about the federal restriction. That vote uh, was 8-4 to four in favor of the measure. Republican Representative Kevin Jensen from Canton sponsored both bills. Jensen teaches gun safety and courses for uh, con- uh, concealed pistol permits. The bill, HB 1024, only requires an additional statement on the medical marijuana card about firearms, and Jensen said, it's an acknowledgment. Then it's up to the consumer, Jensen compared the notice to posting speed limits. Cannabis Industry Association lobbyist Jeremiah Murphy spoke against both measures. He said federal courts are still considering the constitutionality of the federal government's position on medical marijuana. And he said there are federal laws that say the federal government cannot interfere with medical marijuana. The federal law means uh, what what it means. Murphy testified, you can't interfere with medical marijuana at the program or individual level. Uh, there, there was some opposition, however, to the bill requiring dispensaries to post that having a medical marijuana card uh, legally procures firearm purchases or ownership. And some committee members felt the posting requirement was too much interference in an already heavily regulated industry. The bill would also provide a $250 a day fine on dispensaries that fail to post the notice. Both measures now move to the House of Representatives for consideration. Well, 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 I'll tell you what, this guy is definitely, I'm not going to consider him a constitutionalist because he is trying to step all over your Second Amendment right, Representative Kevin Jensen out of South Dakota, and I represent any South Dakotans move to get this guy out of office and replace him with someone else. But nonetheless, that's just my thoughts, and what do you guys have to say? This is Jason Beck for the High at Nine News. What do you think? Get him out of here. Right? Get out of here. I mean, $250 a day, too, for, for not posting a sign saying that uh, you are not constitutionally legal to purchase or own a firearm if you're a cannabis consumer. I didn't. I never read anywhere in the Constitution that if you use cannabis that that procures you from owning a firearm. I, I, I'm going to go a step further, and I'm going to say I'm pretty sure the Constitution was written on cannabis. Damn, how about that, buddy? I, I, don't, I don't think it you actually was. You took my line. I don't think it actually was. That's a, that's a misnomer. The original drafts were done on him. Now the, the the one that you see in the in the National Archives, yes, is not on him. The original drafts were yeah, there. We go. There we go. But there is this Jason actually checking facts? I, I I'm the biggest fact checker I know. Oh my god! Listen, in, in Washington, Washington used to require you to grow a certain number of acreage of hemp. If you grew a certain acreage of farm, any agricultural That's product, right. That's so right. it's very, very true, yeah. Nick, Nick. You were, you were, you were actually during World War II. You were actually frowned upon if you were a, prop, a farmer and you weren't cultivating hemp. Like there was, you, you were, you were shunned amongst the farming community. It was unpatriotic, mm-hmm. Virginia. Yeah, and yeah. in Virginia, man, in Virginia, they had a law against like owning a certain amount of land and not growing hemp on that land. Mm-hmm. But then. When slavery fell apart and white people realized that they weren't that good at growing cannabis, what happened then, Jason? Prohibition came. Prohibition came. That is not how that started, Rico. That is one of your anecdotal yes, little skirts. I mean, this whole thing troubles me, okay? Because mm-hmm. we do, as a country, need to have a conversation about gun rights, the Second Amendment, the Dependent Clause, and we have a major issue 
when it comes to typically young men shooting up schools. Uh, and we also talk about the stigma leaving regulated cannabis and the stigma doesn't leave regulated cannabis until cannabis users can have the same uh, second amendment rights that the rest of the country has. Mm -hmm. So I think this country is long overdue to have a robust discussion about uh, modernizing our understanding of what the second amendment means. And I think in some places that might mean like if you're under 25 and your brain is still physically developing that you might not get access to a 30 round magazine or an AR 15. But I also think that it means that when we think about expungement for cannabis felons, that we acknowledge that if they don't get their second amendment rights back, unless they get a pardon from the governor, that that's not fair either. And so this notion that uh, access to firearms uh, can be restricted because of access to cannabis is just crazy. It's crazy to begin with, and it's definitely crazy in 2024. And there's just no data to support that, that th this connection that uh, cannabis use and irresponsible firearm use are connected in any way. And so it just really feels like a relic policy uh, that is unfair uh, to people who like guns and to people who like weed. Mm -hmm. I, I, I agree. I think. Um, Go ahead, Luke. I, I was just going to say that I think they're two separate arguments. I think there, there's an argument about the Second Amendment and what that looks like in practicality, in reality, in 2024. And then there's also restricting people from any amendment in the bill of rights for any reason we have to be really careful when we do that right there's a reason why we included 10 a 10 amendment bill of rights to the end of the constitution because we thought it was so important for people to have so when you start creating prohibitions and restrictions on those rights you have to be very very careful because it's a slippery slope now look where we are hundreds of years a couple hundred years later to where now it's not every American has a right to bear arms, right? Only certain Americans do. And then let me go ahead and check you off the list if you've done anything that I think is wrong or, or not good. Now, you're right. We do have an issue with guns and schools and all those things. But I think that's more of like a, also a separate issue, right? I think that's more of like the media glorifying uh, school shootings and then people having this, uh, you know, famous complex where they want to, are nobodies and they want to be small towns and they want to be famous. Like those are different complex separate issues because these school shootings, guns have been around for hundreds of years, just been around for a couple of decades in, in the rapid manner that they're hap happening in. So I think like, again, like these are all separate very important issues that need to be spoken about, need to be discussed, and need to be hashed out. You shouldn't restrict, in my opinion, you should not restrict any medical cannabis user or any cannabis user from any of their bill rights for any reason. That is just not valid. It's not valid if I have an ailment that cannabis helps me function or not suffer, and then I can't have my gun now. I can't protect my family. I can't be in a rural area where I hunt or do any of those things. Like, this is just madness. This is not how the Constitution was originally intended. This is not what our framers meant. And this is not what many people even intend today. So when we get these, these situations mixed up, right, we get a confluence of a lot of, like, issues.
and and really hot topics, and then we we don't really get to drill down on what the real issues are of each subject. So I feel like when you when we are able to separate them out, then we can drill down and say what's what on each. Yeah, we're moving away from freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, yeah. we should have less rules and not more rules. And um, if you claim to be about freedom, you claim to be about individual rights, yet you're willing to trade something that you don't agree with politically with something that you claim to be 100% against on the other end. Like, like, nah, man, it doesn't have to be tit for tat. Mm-hmm. Do the right thing. Yeah. Instead of weed for the people or weed for warriors, now people have to choose between weed or weapons. And it's, it's an unfair uh, construct uh, for those who might need or choose to use medical cannabis uh, to jeopardize their right to, uh, keep and bear arms. And so you're right, Luke, there, instead of mixing the melting pot of issues, because there are, you know, guns and, and access to guns and the conversation around guns is a hot button topic these days because of all the stuff that we see in the news, because of all the tragedies, because of all the, the, the unnecessary loss. Uh, but you're right. If we boil this down, why should anybody have to have their constitutional rights diluted for any reason? And Rico, you're absolutely correct. Our country is moving away from liberties and personal freedoms and choice. Um <clears throat> to layer upon layer upon layer of restriction, complication, and a lack of logic. And this is a great example of it. Yeah, I yeah. totally I totally agree with you guys on this. And and, I, and I'm going to even say that, uh, Representative Kevin Jensen, you are not a true Republican. You are not about freedom. You are about restriction. And the fact that you are uh, motioning against the Second Amendment, I'd even encourage the NRA to look at their funding for your campaign. And on that... NRA's fun. Hold on, hold on. NRA's funding something. NRA ain't got no money. NRA, what you talking about, Jason? NRA got all the money, bro. Don't get it twisted. They got. They NRA got, deep got pockets. no money. Man. They got deep pockets, bro. Deep, deep, deep pockets. Spending oh, that shit yeah. at Cheesecake Factory. Oh boy. Well, coming up next, they it, got an ammo box of Benjamins buried under the uh, office. Oh, right. God. Coming up next, it's right. the, it's the Sebastopol Sage. That's right. It's Mr. Yarrow Cooper, and who does cannabis? does a little bit of real estate, and every once in a while, he gets to do cannabis and real estate at the same damn time. That's right. It is none other than Mr. Yarrow Kubrin. Good morning. Good morning. Hi at nine viewers. Jason, thank you for the intro. It keeps getting better, smoother, and more refined. Uh, very nice to be here on Martin Luther King Day and to share the screen with the esteemed guest, Luke. Uh, Scarmazzo, probably butchering his last name, but everything Italian sounds like a dish I just want to order and eat. I have a bit of a long article Uh, today, so I'm going to jump right into it. Uh, If I was a cooler guy, I would have been Jason and thrown it through an AI machine and consolidated it. I'm not that cool. I'm going to drink a little more coffee and just spit this one out at you as quickly as possible. So my article today, Weed Kills, How Investing in Cannabis Almost Took Down Scott's Miracle Grow. The gardening giant bet $1.7 billion on lighting nutrients and other cultivation tools and lost. But CEO Jim Haydorn and his son Chris are plotting a comeback. Here's how they plan to smoke the competition. It's a beautiful, chilly November day in Las Vegas, and Jim Haydorn, the CEO, president, and chairman of Ohio-based lawn care giant Scott's Miracle Grow, 
pissed off. After nearly a decade of making a series of audacious bets on the legal cannabis industry, Scott spent $1.7 billion building pot-focused subsidiary Hawthorne Gardening Company and acquiring grow light manufacturers, hydroponic supply outfits, plant nutrient makers, and other cannabis cultivation supply companies. He admits the venture has been an abject failure. Inside his company's booth at MJ Biz, the largest annual cannabis industry expo held at the Las Vegas Convention Center, Hagdorn throws a booklet of rolling papers across the table to make a point. This is what our equity is worth, the 68-year-old Hagdorn says, referring to Hawthorne, which is run by his 39-year-old son, Chris. When we started making acquisitions in the cannabis industry, it felt righteous as shit, said the notoriously foul-mouthed former F-16 fighter pilot who named his private jet F-bomb. Back in 2015, when only four states, Alaska, Colorado, Oregon, and Washington, had legalized recreational marijuana, Hawthorne started spending hundreds of millions of dollars acquiring companies like General Hydroponics for $120 million, a Santa Rosa-based indoor gardening supply company, to get into the marijuana industry's ancillary market. The move helped the Hagdorns grab glossy magazine headlines, and Scott's stock price started to rise from the mid-50 range to above $60 a share. In 2021, the company agreed to acquire a more cannabis-focused companies like Lux Lighting, purchased for $213 million in a deal closed in 2022. A grow-like company started by the founders of respected weed brand Jungle Boys and brokered a $150 million convertible debt deal with Canadian cannabis investment company RIV Capital. Scott's stock bloomed to a robust $244. But thanks to the marijuana industry's prolonged recession driven by the oversupply of cannabis, a crashing wholesale price per pound of weed, a punitive federal tax code applied to cannabis companies, a lack of movement at the federal level to legalize marijuana, and sales at Scott's dropping from $4.9 billion in 2021 to $3.5 billion in 2023, Scott's share price cratered 75% from its 2022 to 2023 and posted a net loss of $48 million for the year. Had to terminate 1,000 employees from its 1,300-person staff and shuttered Lux Lighting after disposing of $200 million worth of unsold inventory in a landfill, which we covered here on High at 9 News. The company is now worth zero or less than zero, says Hagdorn or Hagedorn. I can't pronounce your name, but I like what you're doing. Hagedorn. Look, says Hagdorn, wearing a National Rifle Association hat emblazoned with a Don't Tread on Me logo. Pot almost took us down. So why is the billionaire family in Vegas in the middle of a cannabis conference? He lifts both fists, extends his middle finger in the air triumphantly. I mostly want to say F you to the industry, he says. There are people, even good friends of ours, who made fun of Scott's for our investment in pot, how we effed it all up and, is, and are disrespectful about it. And he isn't just paranoid about feeling disrespected. Bring up Scott's in front of cannabis investors and they'll laugh and hurl insults. Like how the Hagdorns are fucking morons and arrogant idiots for blowing through $1.7 One New York investor said Scott's pulled off one of the worst deals in the history of cannabis in 2022 when RIV at the behest of the Hagdorns bought New York-based licensed cannabis cultivator and dispensary operator attained for $247 million. So... The father and son team are smart, and they're humble enough to roll with the abuse. During the November 2023 earnings call, he said, you can throw shit at us, we deserve it. Besides, they have a plan to spin out Hawthorne from Scott's, an announcement that helped the stock jump 8% in one day. Ultimately, the goal is to create the Procter & Gamble of marijuana, Hagdorn said, with a whiff of irony by selling Hawthorne to a publicly traded cannabis company like Cureleaf, Trueleaf, Green Thumb Industries, or Verano. None of these companies commented to Forbes about the potential deal. 
At the height of 2021, Hawthorne generated $1.4 billion in sales, posting $164 million in profit. But in 2023, the the unit generated $454 million in sales and posted $48 million in loss. And most of Scott's $2.6 billion in debt belongs to Hawthorne. Hagdorn says that there's one rule. Hawthorne cannot stay inside of Scott's. Or as he puts it, Hawthorne and Chris need to get out of dad's basement. It's not that Hawthorne, which owns more than 20 companies that make everything a farmer needs to grow designer indoor marijuana from lighting to nutrients, doesn't have value. Matt Garth, Scott's CFO, concedes that Hawthorne is a detractor to Scott's overall valuation, but looks forward to a future where there's a lot more value. The younger Hagdorn adds that Hawthorne's crown jewel is a 40,000-square-foot research and development facility in Kaloa, British Columbia, which was built in partnership with a licensed Canadian cannabis company. Completed in 2021, the facility is where Hawthorne tests its products against competitors to see how they best increase harvest yield, THC potency, and consistency. Hawthorne has two other R&D facilities in the U.S., one in Oregon and one in Ohio, that test equipment on hemp plants. Since the facility is federally federally illegal in the U.S. and Scott's is a publicly traded firm, the company must run R&D on weed's federally legal cousin hemp. Chris refers to Hawthorne's R&D facilities as earth-changing and an asset that could be combined with the cannabis company to create a fully vertical integrated cannabis corporation that makes everything from grow lights to weed to retail stores. So I've got another three paragraphs and I'm going to wrap it up like uh, like uh, Dave Chappelle says with the wrap it up box. But what I really want to talk about here is did they make a mistake or have they taken a medium to long-term view and it's time to buy the dip because broadly the industry has been battered for more than a minute and valuations are down. I'd like to hear what you viewers think in our chat on YouTube as well as what the other esteemed panelists here on Hyatt 9 News have to think about Hawthorne. Thumbs up, thumbs sideways, thighs down. What do you guys think? <laughs> I think they're going to sell it off and then buy it back at the low. Oh, they're going to do the uh, the Isaac Tigrit move. You guys know who Isaac Tigrit okay. is, right? What is that? Isaac Tigrit. Is There's a few Mark. things here. Go ahead. One, I just want to get out. I just want to get out some house cleaning things. Um, they lost two point six billion with a B. With a B, baby. Yeah, with a B. The B. That's one point right. seven is what they've deployed. Oh, they're just in debt. Two point six billion total. Okay, so one point seven billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, that that was the first thing. That was just like I just want to make that clear for the readers. That's with a B billion. Yep. And they're about to go under after spending nearly $2 billion. Okay, but we'll just move forward. I love, and I need to figure out how, how to do this myself, but because this is awesome, how the Jungle Boys got referred to as respected weed brand Jungle Boys. Shout out to the Jungle Boys. I don't know how you get to the level when regular journalists say, like, your shit is respected in the game like that. But, hey, man, it's dope. I got to get on that line. And then, lastly, their crown jewel is a facility in Canada. Like, come on. Are you serious? It's it's a miserable. You're testing against. They said that's where we're going to test the best against the best. That's like, what are you having, like, people... Like the slowest people in the world race against each other. Like, what do you mean? 
like testing in Canada, that, that can't be your crown jewel. That, that had to have been like a misprint or something. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I think they're doing that for the tax benefits. I would say that, yeah. I think they're doing that for the tax benefits. Yeah, this, is, this, is, this, yeah. is, this is a juicy story, though, yeah, man. There's a lot of stuff, like little things, like you pointed out, uh, uh, Luke. There's a lot of little things, little shout-outs in there that the uh, the common reader would not think twice about. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in this article. But um, me and being in the financial industry at, at, at one point and seeing, like, a lot of this stuff come through um, uh, financial periodicals, which Forbes can kind of be named that these days. They're more of a pay-to-play outlet. But, um I would say, you know, um, I'm losing two billion for Scott's Miracle Grow. Like, they're averaging between three and four billion in profit every single quarter. That is not a big amount for them, but it is uh, good to have that off the books right now. While we are in a recession, I know they're going to fight the uh, the actual meaning of a recession this time again under Joe Biden and try to say that we're we're not headed towards that again. But um, it's a good time for them to unwind this asset. Watch it tumble some more under some mismanagement by somebody else and then gobble it right back up uh, when um, they reschedule, deschedule or whatever. And when banking comes back in, I guarantee you Scott's Miracle Grow will be right back there buying Hawthorne and maybe a couple other the, of the laggers at the time. Watch. Yeah, I I really appreciate what, what you have to say, uh, Rico, in respect to this article for a couple reasons. First of all, I covered their $200 million disposal of lights a couple weeks ago here on High at Nine News. And when I see that article and this article, I can't help but wonder whether they have a little PR person and they're seeding the journalistic ecosystem so that they can set themselves up to be the comeback kid. It seems like they really are living and uh, not embellishing, but relishing in this notion that they've gotten kicked in the cojones and what are they going to do about it? I think some of their investments like general hydroponics in the medium and long-term are going to be great. And I think medium term, that's fantastic. General hydroponics from Sonoma County, California, shout out to Larry. You do you. I'm so proud of local companies like his. And I think that the part of the challenge that I see is I'm not sure what their total overall strategy is, right? When you have a facility in Canada and you have facilities in, Cal, uh, in, in the United States and you're buying into a limited license market in New York with like with attain health, what I want to understand is like, what is the actual focus, right? It can't just be gobble up things left and right to create that arbitrage without having an, uh, uh, a deep vision for where they want to play in the space. But I also think that <laughs> this might be a buy the dip opportunity because they, they yeah. do have some, some assets and I don't think these guys are dumb at all. And I think they have a very established track record of playing at a very high level. So I, I can't speak to every single deployment of dollars that they decided to do, but I don't think they're down and out. I think they're like they said in the article are trying to, uh, strip away Hawthorne from being a part of Scott's and that they've decided that that's better for both of those companies. But I wouldn't bet against these people. And I think that their early entry into cannabis, I mean, 2015 and regulated cannabis is pretty early. And that's when they acquired uh, General Hydroponics. And so I, I think long and medium term, they're going to do just fine. But for deciding to throw $200 million in lights in the trash. Right. 
I mean, yeah, I mean like, long story short, like they have enough money, they have enough capital on hand to play however they want to play. Um, uh, we have not seen the last of them. I think they're gonna unwind this asset, watch the shit tumble, and then they're gonna but come right back. Listen, I think too though. I agree with both of you guys. Let me just start there. But let, let me say too though, like I think we have seen time and time again in this history that just because you have a ton of money does not mean you're going to be successful. Like if you, it doesn't matter how much money you throw into some, not throwing into something that works or that's viable. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that's the case with Hawthorne or with Miracle Grow or with whatever they got going. I don't know even all of the details of all their investments and where they lost money and what they even have that is viable to make money. But I will say this, you can get a brand or you can get a, a operator license or extract facility or laboratory, and you can dump tons and tons and tons and tons of money in and just throw your hands up and say, Hey, why isn't this working? Oh, the so hard. The industry's so tough and all these other things, right? If you don't know this industry and you don't have stakeholders that know how to operate within this industry and know the nuances of this, you're not going to make it in this industry on that level. You're coming in when there's people that have already been established in this industry that are, it's like Hawthorne's lane, like is already filled with a lot of cars is my point. You know what I'm saying? So like, if you, if you think like, oh, you're jumping off the freeway and then you're getting back on the freeway and then you're going to mess up or even catch up to all these cars that have already blocked. It just doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. And I don't think any amount of money thrown into that situation is going to make it successful. But again, like, I don't know all the details of it. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just merely saying as a word of caution, don't anyone in this industry, don't think that you can just keep throwing bad money after good and think it's going to, it's going to work. If it's not working, listen, there's a reason why it's not working. Analyze that and try to fix that. Uh, I, th I think everybody's pretty much right on this one, uh, Luke. Um, and it has nothing to do with like, like knowing what their plans are or anything like that. Because, um, as, um, as Yaro said, getting in in 2015, you saw the pop in 2016, 2017, mm -hmm. uh, rode that wave up, and then it's been all downhill since then. So, I mean, I think uh, if they had stayed narrowly yeah. focused on nutrients, yeah. which I mean, when I think of Scott's Miracle Grow, I think of Hidden like lane. lawn feeder and stuff like that. And so, I think, I think they started off on the right foot. Just yeah. if they had consolidated the nutrient industry, if they had helped move the conversation from sulfate nutrients to biologicals, if they had just stayed in a nutrient lane, um, I think they'd probably be in a better position now. Well, yeah. we're going we're gonna to keep this train rolling. We're going to go right into a commercial, and we're going to be right back. The Control Tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The Control Tower from Highly Educated. Uh, stop whatever you're doing. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you've not subscribed already. Also, make sure you hit that like button. I know you'll appreciate it. We'll appreciate it, and even YouTube will appreciate it. All of the stories that you see uh, that we cover today, you can definitely go and read directly on our website at www.highatnightnews.com. And this Friday, in the city of Modesto, 
Luis Garmazzo will be dropping the Profit brand from 3 to 7, so make sure you're there and check it out. I'm Jason Beck, and this is Smoky Vanilla. And if you want to feel as good as I look, then you need to get yourself a stretch and smoke with Smoky Vanilla. That's right, baby. I'm Smoky Vanilla with my background in kinesiology. I'm a sports massage therapist and stretch coach. I focus mostly on athletes who have chronic pain or injury due to their sport or the legends of the chronic in the game, baby. Oh, yeah, you know what it is. We just stretched and now we're going to smoke because you know what it is. That's right. I love intuitively creating a session based on the individual I'm working with. We'll go through a few assessments, look at the past health history, injury, or anything that's still affecting you today, and create a customized session just for you. Let's go. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Coming up next, it's the dope dad, author, activist, entrepreneur, OG, trailblazer, warrior for justice, and living proof that real ones do still exist. High Nine's very own friendly neighborhood outlaw, Luke Scarmazzo. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Happy Monday. I know you're not used to usually hearing the outlaw news on Monday, but, you know, we thought it was MLK Day, and we're going to go ahead and say, man, thank you, Dr. King, and we're, we're going to bring the outlaw correspondent on for that special, special occasion. But here we're going to travel to another side of the world. We're going to go to the Czech Republic. And I know, like, back in the day, like, you know, the Czech Republic has a checkered past where we had, they were an Eastern Bloc country and we had a lot of like, you know, really restrictive rules and the Iron Curtain that were going on, you know, during the Cold War. But, you know, the Czech Republic has obviously come a long way. And that's indicated by today's headline, which reads, Czech Republic unveils cannabis legalization plan without a legal market. I mean, I can't really be mad at them because that sounds like almost every cannabis legalization plan that we rolled out, i.e. 1996 Compassionate Use Act, i.e. Washington, D.C. today, and the list just keeps going on. But anyhow, the Czech Republic has disclosed a plan to legalize adult use cannabis, but it seems there is no room for the establishment of the legal, mar of the legal market. Czech's local news media outlets have reported that the bill aiming to legalize adult use cannabis in Central European won't include regulations for the legal market. The English language media outlet Expats reported that the Czech's government, the Czech, excuse me, the Czech government on January 10th presented a draft of the cannabis regulate, regulation bill. However, the bill did not mention the initially envisioned framework for a regulated cannabis market. The Czech Republic is among several European countries actively working on cannabis regulation. While recreational use remains illegal, possession of Personal use was decriminalized in 2010, and medical cannabis was legalized in 2013. So they've had 10 years, over, to, over a decade, of medical cannabis legalization. And now they're trying to move to adult use. And But what they're saying in the Czech Republic is, like, we can move to medical adult use, but if you have no way to get cannabis, these laws are, like— really hard to implement in real life, right? We, we've seen these, these issues play out here. It's like, it still becomes a quasi-illegal, -le legal, gray market, whatever you want to call it, to where people, like, they don't know if they're legal, are you legal, buying 
street. It's it's like it's crazy. Like pass the law and then pass the law the next part of the law. It's like a two-part it's like a two-part process, right? It's like okay, we decriminalize, we legalize, we get everybody out of prison. And then we say, okay, how do you obtain this cannabis? How do you obtain this medicine? How do you, how do you, we get it to the consumers in a legal, in a, in a regulated, in a well-established, effective way, right? Okay. In late 2022, the Czech Republic announced its efforts to draft legalization of cannabis, which they, which also envisioned the establishment of the market. It seems that that legalization, session, home cultivation, and the establishment of cannabis social clubs. Sound like uh, early 2000s in NorCal, a little bit, right? Um, you know, home cultivation, I'm with. I love home cultivation. It really irks me when I see bills that push home cultivation out or put some type of, you know, real crazy restrictions on it because home cultivation is how people fall in love with the plant, how they get other people excited by the plant, even if you're not even a good grower. Just start growing and start to see the process and the creation of life, creation, and those things. It be, you become more entwined with the plant, more passionate about it, and then you want to share its benefits. So home cultivation, yes. The, it's called the Pirate Party, I guess, unless I'm pronouncing it wrong. The Pirate Party, the many portably stated that the text was a compromise. And they plan to negotiate a bill, which has been has been in development by a working group since last November. Hopefully, they get it in there. Um, but beyond the question of whether this plan, which involves domestic policy dynamics, will be successful, the legal hurdles in the European Union for implementation of the Legal Adult Use Act in the EU's countries' legalization shouldn't be underestimated. They, the EU right now is a really, really interesting spot for cannabis because you're having a lot of these countries start to come online right now. And they've been, let's put it like this, they don't have the, a lot of the social stigma and a lot of the political grandstanding that we have in, in, in the U.S. in regard to cannabis use. Now, it's there, trust me. They have, they, they have crazy politicians like anyone else. But the EU is really starting to be an interesting, uh, really interesting test case to see how this how cannabis rolls out laws roll out all over the Germany initially planned to establish a legal market but had to revise the proposal due to a pushback by the by the European Commission the legal framework on which the existing EU laws wouldn't allow an EU member state to establish legal adult use cannabis markets consistent with the Schengen Convention of 1995 I know I made that like perhaps Chinese, but it looks like it is closer to German, which obligates, obliges the EU countries to eliminate illicit drug trafficking and the EU's. So basically what they're saying is like, you really can't legalize it and talk about it. We can, until we kind of change some of these framework decisions that were, were established in this convention in 1985, and they can easily do that, but until that changes, we're going to have we're going to have a hurdle that still needs to, be, to come through. So, in fact, Malta and Luxembourg are the only t two EU member states that have legalized adult use cannabis per, for personal use. Were able to do so because they haven't established an adult use legal market. So, basically, they're saying you can do it, you just can't have a market. So, I don't know, like.
it's it's a catch twenty two. You create a system that you're 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 forcing your citizens to break the law. You're forcing your citizens to go into situations where perhaps they don't have tested cannabis, perhaps they have where uh, you know certain chemicals and stuff that maybe they have allergies or to are. It's just so it's it's crazy when you have these type of systems brought out because it's like a half it's like a half cocked okay it's like yeah you can go into that cabinet right but you know there's nothing in there so good luck being satisfied anyway although there are are specific international legal pathways to follow that could potentially allow the establishment of legal recreational markets in the EU these must be evaluated scrupulously. Wow. Wow. Anyhow, so the EU is coming along, man. It's an interesting thing over there. I'm I'm excited to when I can be able to travel there. I definitely will check in with the probation officer to make sure she allows me to travel over there. But I'm interested in going over there and seeing just what it what it looks like on the ground in a lot of these countries. Um, hopefully they let me in. I do have a cannabis conviction, so we don't ever know about it. I'm going to kick it back to my correspondents. What do you guys think about this situation we got over with the Czech Republic and the EU? Man, this sounds like it's going to be an interesting place to play around with some cannabis. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, this is going to be. Um, will it start to compete with Barcelona? Is the question. No, I don't think anybody. I will mean, look, I don't think I don't think many places are going to be able to compete with Barcelona because of Barcelona's history and cannabis culture. Um, but I think the bigger challenge is uh, these EU member nations are trying to come up with guidelines on a per country basis, uh, probably because that's easier than getting the EU to agree on uh, a singular mm -hmm. standard. Um, but like, I'm like, Hey, Czech Republic, like, give me a call because I can help you with your guidelines. I consult, I will send you a Venmo link. Like we can take all of the aggregated information that we know over here with policy that does and doesn't work well-intended, unintended. Oops. I did it again. <laughs> AKA Britney Spears. And I stepped in the same policy pothole. Uh, and so, you know, for me, I'm just not sure whether not having guidelines, uh, is a good thing uh, because it allows for uh, some measure of latitude by operators or whether not having guidelines over there is a, just a recipe for failure. I don't know whether it's playing chess or a mail order bride, but either way, I'm going to say checkmate. Oh, Ooh. boy. <laughs> um there's, there's so many ways you can take that, um, yeah. and I'm not going to touch any of them. I'm not because um, ten foot pole. I'm about peace today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's MLK Day. <laughs> so I, there, there is one one thing that I wanted to touch on, Rico. That I'm glad you brought that up. Is in 2014, I was in solitary confinement, and MLK Day had just passed, and I was reading a book, and the book went into MLK's letters from Birmingham. And I don't know if, I mean, I do know. Of course, these letters hit different while you're sitting in solitary confinement, right? Mm -hmm. So I drafted a letter, I guess. You know, I didn't think it was going to do anything. I just wrote the letter because I was feeling what you're talking about sitting in solitary. 
operating a medical cannabis dispensary. So in 2014, after MLK Day, I write this this letter. I send it out. High Times Cannabis Now, Cannabis Now published it. High and it's called uh, a call for unity from federal marijuana prisoner Scarmazzo. If you guys have a chance, check it out. It's on Cannabis Now. Um, and I just want to read a, a small excerpt of it, just because this is like this. This hits of, of what we're here. I say. Some of the leaders of our cause have criticized us for opening a dispensary in the conservative and inhospitable area of Central California. They told us to wait and find a place where the local government was more liberal, accepting of medical. We considered their fears and advice, but what history has taught us is that there is rarely a perfect moment or perfect place when you are trying to correct an injustice. When you feel your cause is morally right before God, the perfect time is now and the perfect place is here. So I just wanted to say thank you to Dr. King uh, before I, I handed it back over to everybody for the inspiration and for continuing to just push the limit and make sure that everyone has their rights, everyone is treat, cr created equally, and everyone has equal opportunity. Thank you for that, Luke. That's fucking powerful. Appreciate you sharing that with us, man. Yes, most definitely. And um. And in hearing your words while you were behind bars, like really inspired a lot of us out here to make sure that we were doing our job and making sure that we were giving y'all shout outs and we were making sure that we were backing you and your movement from behind bars too. So yeah, 100 thank man. Thank you. Man. And I felt it. I felt the love from the community and the support. So I really do appreciate that. brother. It's more powerful than, you know, man, appreciate you. <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna roll into these 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 last couple stories real quick so we can we can power these out real quick. Are you ready, Rico? You gonna pound them out? Yep, I'm gonna pound them out. Pound town. Yes, but Luke, you are gonna love one this. way ticket. You're gonna love this one, Luke, because it involves home grow. You're gonna love this. An Arkansas ballot initiative would allow medical marijuana home grow and trigger adult use legalization after. Guess what, you guys? That's right. You guessed it. Federal reform. A marijuana industry group on Friday proposed a constitutional amendment to improve patient access to medical cannabis and legalize the drug for adult use purposes in Arkansas if it becomes legal under federal law. Arkansas... Uh, for patient access said it was subscribe it was submitting ballot language to Arkansas Attorney General Tim Griffin Republican on Friday for the Arkansas Medical Cannabis Amendment of 2024 the ballot initiative would make it legal for patients to grow their own cannabis at home and make a series of changes to amendment 98 to the Arkansas Constitution which Arkansas has ratified back in 2016 to legalize medical cannabis for medical use the tweaks uh comprise a wish list for patients as well as cultivators and dispensaries in quotes the goal of this ballot proposal is to reaffirm and build upon amendment 98 to better serve patients amy martin owner of the greenway dispensary in fort smith said in a statement from the ballot from from uh from the ballot question committee says this amendment reflects a commitment to the principles established by the state's voters it it reduces barriers and streamlines processes so qualifying patients can access the medicines and treatment options that best serve them the major changes being proposed are are you guys ready allowing patients and designated caregivers over the age of 21 to grow up to seven mature plants and seven younger marijuana plants 
expanding who can certify patients for medical marijuana cards from only doctors to include physicians, assistants, nurse practitioners, and pharmacists. Uh, permitting providers to qualify patients based on any medical need rather than state's current 18 qualifying conditions. That's a big one right there. Allowing healthcare providers to conduct patient assessments via telemedicine. Expanding access to out-of-state residents by recognizing uh, patient cards from other states or allowing non-residents to obtain Arkansas patient cards. Oh, wow, they got reciprocity in there. And abolishing application fees for patients seeking registry ID cards. Increasing the expiration date for new patient cards from one year to three years. And the proposal would also create a adult use cannabis trigger law permitting adults to uh, possess up to an ounce of cannabis if the federal government removes marijuana from the schedule of controlled substances or if marijuana possession is no longer a federal crime. Interesting. Under the Fed, under the trigger position, commercial growth and distribution would be limited to a cultivation facilities and dispensaries currently licensed under Arkansas medical marijuana law. And a similar provision in the Arkansas uh, adult use amendment offered by the industry back in 2022 led to it being voted down at the ballot box. Attorney David Couch, who drafted Amendment 98, and patient advocate Melissa Fultz opposed the 2022 efforts, but they have made public their support for Arkansas patient access current efforts. The group said it was submitting the measure to Griffin's office on Friday through a spokesperson uh, said the office hadn't received it as, as of about 3.30 p.m. And the attorney general has 10 business days to review the measure and ballot language to determine if it is sufficient to appear in the November ballot. Uh, canvassers would have until July 5th to gather 90,704 signatures from the registered voters to qualify for ballot access. What do you guys think about this? Home grow in Arkansas, and they're going to trigger adult use sales. I think we're so jaded because we're used to um, the most cannabis freedom. Mm-hmm. And um, to see like incremental change like this is, is just like kind of meh they, to they, me. They technically, have more, um, they technically would have more freedom with this because they're allowed seven plants as opposed to six plants. Just saying. Yeah, but <laughs> this is like, but this is, but this is their proposal. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're, there's they're no talking way about they, this as a ballot. They're saying they're through. saying this is going to be a ballot initiative, Rico. Like, this is this is what the no. They said is among say. the proposals, yeah, the major changes being proposed. How many of those changes do you think they'll oh. actually go through? And um, how many of these are just going to turn into half measures? I don't know. I like all just of to say, them. oh yeah, we gave you guys something. I like all. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say this. Uh, big up to Home Grow. Everything else, I'm with Rico. Blah. Next article. Okay. Yeah, I, I I agree with Luke. I agree with Rico. I try to be as disagreeable as possible to provide some variety of perspectives. But we all know that home grow foundationally needs to be a part of the changes in laws and regulation. Uh, yeah. it, it's not fair to force everybody to go to a regulated dispensary and to participate in the tax charade. <laughs> to acquire (laughs) cannabis and so without home grow we don't have uh programs that are consistent with i think the intention of the voters the will of the people and the ability for people to access medicine straight up 
Interesting. All right. Bang. Little THC two step. All right. THC taxes two step. All right. Is that right? I I got I got it. It's the last one you got, Jason. I got the quick. Is, is this this one's a quickie, and this is this is for Luke because uh, you know, Luke, since you joined us today, I want to make sure we had an outlaw story on here for you. All That's right. Nice. Are you ready for this? Because two plead guilty to bring Vallejo City official, or excuse me. Two plead guilty to bribing a Vallejo City official after illegal marijuana grow was found. That's right. Two Bay Area men were convicted on federal charges Thursday, admitting to bribing a Vallejo City official after their illegal marijuana growing operation was found, prosecutors said. According to U.S. Attorney Philip Talbert's office, 41-year-old Stephen Chu of San Bruno and 36-year-old Ben Guan of San Francisco pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit federal program bribery that's right court documents said the pair were running a growing operation inside a building where they were notified about violating multiple laws back in july of 2020 the violations included codes related to illegal drug activity and subsequently chu and guan offered to pay and then paid a vallejo building inspector to clear the violations and ensure the city would not interfere with their operations the u.s attorney's office said in a statement according to prosecutors chu and guan uh, paid the inspector at least six times with payments totaling $27,000. The building inspector was working with law enforcement to record meetings with the pair. Um, the, the note uh, the, then T demands and uh, Chu and Guam face up to five years in prison and $250,000 fine. And prosecutors said the pair are scheduled to be sentenced on May 2nd, you guys. What do you guys think about this bribing Vallejo building code inspectors? I mean, Yara, you do cannabis and real estate. They, 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 played, they, played, they, played, guilty, they played guilty too. So, well, this I is mean, the thing. Let me let me break down what happened there for you. Old Stephen and Chewy, listen, I, those they're probably really good guys. I don't believe any of them, and this is why is. What happened was you, you got to go back to the beginning of the story. The beginning of the story talks about how like they caught the attention of authorities, right? And they started to press them. So what ended up happening is they get raided. And what the feds did, they said this, we can either smoke you on this weed grow, or you can plead to this little like bribery thing that you guys got going on over here where, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is. And that's really what it was. It was a trade. It was a bargaining system. What happens in, 99% of our justice system today, it's a, it's a, merely a transactional bar, bartering system. And what they said is, we will either smack you with this 10-year mandatory minimum, anything above 1,000 plants uh, or 999 plants or above will, will trigger a mandatory minimum of 10 years in prison, or you could take this uh, you know, bribery charge and we'll give you whatever. You go to the camp with Martha Stewart and the rest of the bunch. And Spreads and you'll come back out, you'll write a book, you so you know, whatever. <laughs> so Luke, we've had this uh conversation multiple times this year because um, there has been a lot of lawsuits and shit like that popping and a lot of people snitching. Um, is it considered snitching if you go out and tell on these publicly um, appointed officials that you um grease their pockets? Is that snitching? Yeah. Anytime to me, like, 
of course, I take a, a maybe a little bit of a harder stance on this because of my experiences. But anytime that your cooperation causes another individual to be incarcerated, that's snitching. I don't care how you want to flip it. I don't care who it is that you told it on. It doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Like Frank Lucas tried to get off like at the beginning talking about like, hey, I was only telling on police officers when I cooperated. You know, like you told on mob guys too. It's okay. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. Like call a spade a spade. Like if you told on somebody and you cooperated with the authorities or the king's men back in the day and the king's men came and grabbed somebody out of the village, guess what? You told on your snit. Sorry. I mean, it is what it is. Sometimes, like, I mean, but people they, they had people guy, don't understand. Like, listen, they had they had they they had they had all these conversations recorded with with this building inspector because the building inspector was working with with the feds to to record all these conversations, all these bribes. Right. You know, I'd be I'd be curious to know whether the building inspector initially was bribed and then chose to bring this to the feds or whether the building inspector from the very beginning was like, great, I'm going to catch these guys and they're going to double down and they're going to really put themselves in hot water. Um, I also think the $27,000, if you get caught post adult use in California, they probably could have just put that on a really robust attorney's retainer and and found a way through this got a wrist slap i don't know if they have uh, a criminal record or any previous entanglements or justice involved but if they didn't uh this was definitely not the right approach um and i know that corruption is more important to the fbi than cultivation um, and so they seem to just go in the wrong direction in terms of resolution of this issue. Um, and, it, and, and, and I think it's also important to note that this was not regulated cannabis. This was not a bad actor in a new industry. This was somebody who was trying to stay in the shadows and do their thing. And that didn't work out so well for them. And, and Yaro, too, this is a pretty cheap bribe. Also, I mean, they said they took $27,000 over the course of six, uh, six payments. I mean, that breaks down to $4,500 per, per, per payment. I mean, who are you going to bribe with 4500 bucks? Bro, that's Vallejo, I mean, bro. Have you been to Vallejo lately? Come on, I used to be out there on Grand Magazine getting it in. His, his bills ain't on LA <laughs> levels, bro. Like, like 4500 in Vallejo is like... That's like twenty grand here, bro. No. Yeah. And, shout and, out, man. shout out to the hillside and the crest side. But man, listen, Vallejo's rough, bro. Twenty. They, they're trying to get any dollar they can over there, man. Oh. Shout out to uh, La Russell too, man, holding it down for the V town. La Russell, man, oh, we got to wrap boy. up that, man. Really. I hope yeah. these guys didn't like try to ten ninety nine this guy afterwards or something like. That. They probably did. <laughs> I hope you guys didn't make didn't make a rap video about it like some of those scammers from the fucking checks. <laughs> I mean, I just you know the, the 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 trouble that they could encounter for growing cannabis without a permit is this, and right. the trouble that they can get into for bribing is this. Like, there's not a world in which this was a strategic decision. This doesn't make any sense. It's pretty short-sighted, and now they got in a lot of hot water, whereas if they had just done a clandestine grill and got caught, they probably could have just said, uh, oops, uh, my bad, and not a lot would have happened to them. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I, I don't know about that part, because they was federal federal 
cats, right? So like, like I said, the the, the mandatory minimums go nine. I think I know what we're years, uh, nine hundred and ninety nine at ten years, and then it like it, the the mandatory minimums continue to go up the more you more that you grow. So if their grow was really large, they could have been looking at a six time. But yeah, but that, that that's assuming that 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 they started uh that. I mean, I guess, I guess you could be right about this. You very well could be right about this. I, so here's where here's where I disagree with you, Luke. It sounds like they got caught by a local building inspector and that the bribery became a federal charge. But that doesn't mean that if they got caught merely for cultivation, that that would have become a federal case. Yeah, it's. I mean, we. The, it's hard to say that we yeah. can't the majority go back of, The majority of cultivation cases in California do not go federal unless there are some additional circumstances. Like oh, of course, I know. I mean, my judge officials. said that when he let me out. He said we haven't prosecuted a case in Cal federal case in California that didn't have to do with growing on federal land in a long time. So why should Scarmazzo still be in prison for this? Mm -hmm. All, all true. And they have no answer to that. Mm -hmm. Oh, what a fox! I'm here. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Any final, any any final, uh, um, um, any final treatment on this one? Um, since it's up your lane, Yarrow, you got uh, a little bribery. You got a little real estate. Uh, what's going on, man? Got any? Uh, yeah, you wore a collar uh, shirt today and everything. I know. Looking like a looking <laughs> Look. like you might be a lawyer. You might you might be an <laughs> investor. I don't know what you are, but you are Caucasian. He's he's working for China. <laughs> the the team has two listing appointments today, and I figured I could wear more than a T-shirt for those appointments, one in Nevada and one in Healdsburg. Uh, I, look, I, I, you know, I go back to, at, at its core, cannabis, with the exception of brands like Profit dropping on Friday, or intellectual property, at its core, cannabis, regulated cannabis, and non-regulated cannabis is real estate first, right? And so what comes to mind for me is like, I guess when I grew a lot of indoor cannabis, I thought about the locations that I would use and I wouldn't have chose a location that was subject to any type of building inspection. So I think that if you're going to be renegade, you got to make better real estate and venue choices and not choose buildings where there's a chance or there's going to be city officials doing their job in a way that would interfere with your maintaining a camouflaged and stealth mode status. And then the other thing is it said that a lot of the stuff wasn't done to code. And so there's a difference between not getting permits versus not doing things to code. Code means best practices when it comes to building standards that keeps people from having electrical fires and burning down buildings. And Permits means that you've actually gotten permission. And so I've always built to code. I didn't always get permits. And so it feels a, a bit rinky-dinky-dink-dink-dink. And so I just think that this guy, when he does a little bit of time on this thing, is going to have something to chew on. And, you know, they, they, they made some a, a series of missteps. I, I would never bribe a city official or uh, or a government employee because back to Luke's point around what snitching is – we kept our circle very tight and the people that we did dirt with, if it was dirt, allegedly, we made sure that the people who we were uh, doing things with that created exposure for us were people that we knew that we loved and that we trusted. 
And so the moment you go outside of that model and you're doing something that is illegal and unregulated and you invite somebody into your inner sphere and you do dirt with them and you don't know them and you haven't broken bread with them and your kids don't play on the same soccer team and you don't go back a decade, the chances that that's not going to work out is really, really high. This was not smart. There was a lot of not smart in this, and that's why we get to cover it on High at Nine News. And that's what happens when you put squares in the circle. Yes, right right on. And uh, speaking of that, Yaro, I have one question. You don't have to answer if you don't want to answer, but... um, are the teacups behind your head, are they properly Are they properly permitted? And have you made sure that they are up to compliance standards for 2024? So that's a really good question. First of all, I appreciate the continual hazing I receive as a guest commentator on Hyatt 9 News. And yes, those I'm are real teacups. And no, they team. are not. They're not a, a, a screensaver. The, the thing about these teacups is if these teacups were not in regulated cannabis, I can put them up on the wall and affix that. And it's between me, my wall and the teacups. But because it's regulated cannabis, I actually had to hire a third party expert to do a teacup study to ascertain whether these teacups had any lead in the uh, coating and glaze that was used to fire the teacups. And then oh, I had sure. to hire a structural engineer okay. to make sure that the hooks that the teacups were fixed to were sound and it wasn't going to fall on the ground. And then I had to hire an inspector and a uh, regulator to come in and attest that the teacups have been properly installed. So outside of regulated cannabis, I can do whatever I want. Inside of regulated cannabis, it cost me $15,000 in nine months to get permission to put the teacups on the wall. Yeah, you got to make sure they're at least uh, three quarters of an inch on those hooks, man, because they will come and measure. Clearance those, so. matters. Yeah, and I tried to bribe them, but they told me they were already making so much money on these cats in Vallejo that my budget wasn't adequate. I think. <laughs> I think if I'm if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. I've seen two girls with one of those cups back there. Oh my god! <laughs> Are you talking about tea bagging or tea cups? Because wherever you're going with this, I'm gonna go with you. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, On that note, thank you all for joining us today for another episode of High 9 News, special Martin Luther King Day episode. You can catch us live weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our super fans showing love, getting their comments posted live. On the big screen, to our live audience and online supporters, catching us across all media platforms, tuning in each day to the headlines of chaos, also known as the developing cannabis industry. To our vetted correspondent team, tuning in from all over, bringing us much-needed variety of perspective and your respected opinions to the table. To our production team, Cloud Media Partners, all the sponsors keeping our lights on, and AV struggles to a minimum. And of course, Adam holding it down back there behind the scenes, looking like a young Kurt Russell. Ooh, brush that hair, brother. Brush that hair. As always, Cannabis Sativa L, the reason we show up to read these stories every single day. Thank you, too, boo. It has been Monday, January 15th, 2023, Martin Luther King Day 2024. Excuse me, not 2023. Show's over, and you've all been blessed with the top industry headlines. Hope it was enough for you to put in your cup, pinkies up, and sip at least until tomorrow. Y'all know who it is. Rico, let meet the dopest dad on the street for Hyatt 9 News, cannabis industry's number one daily news show, Luz Garmazzo. You got us, my man. Yeah. Hey, listen, I mean, it's a very special day today, a day to honor Dr. King. Remember, an injustice anywhere is a threat to 
justice everywhere. But it wouldn't be me. It wouldn't be on. It wouldn't be today if I close it out. Rico, I want you. I'm gonna go ahead and send it back to you, brother. You have been an inspiration to me over the last few days, over the, since I've met you. So go ahead and roll us out, brother, on MLK Day. All right, yeah, man. I just, yeah, just want everybody to know that. Um, do not believe all of the tweets, all of the Instagram posts, and all this other shit about MLK, man. If you really want to know about the man behind the messaging, like do your own research, man, and see how MLK really was lambasted by the entire world for the things that he would speak out on, man. And just like think about that the next time that y'all really stand behind something. Um, are you willing to die for it? Because way too many people have a great leadership skills, a great speakers, they have a platform just to be taken out by their own government. So let that sink in, man, and just know that um, all of us outlaws, all of us um, movers and shakers not willing to follow the lead of a, of a government who um, does not work for the people, just know there's plenty of us out here, man. And we stick together, we're going to come out on top. Happy MLK Day.